Shalom to all. Today's off is Yuma Daf Chav Beis, and we are starting at the top of the daf with a brand new parak. The second parak of Yuma sponsored by Chos Ari Sadi Ben Menucha Chana. He and his family should be blessed with Gezunt, Parnasa, and Kalmili Demetav. And we continue talking about the Shuma Sadashin taking off the scoop of ash from the Mizbech, which was the first avoided done on the base of Mekdash. Bari Shana says Mishnah in the beginning. Anyone that wanted to do Shuma Sadashin could have, meaning any kind that wanted to do so, he could have. Ruben, if there were many kind that wanted to do so, Ratzin Vaalin Bekavesh, they would run up the ramp. In a race. The first one that got to within the first four Amas at the top of the ramp, he was Zaycha, he was able to do Trumas Hadashin. If two of them were equal, they got there at the same time. The appointed Kayan, he made sure that everything ran smoothly in the base of Mikdash. He told him to be Matzbia. Now, in modern the Hebrew, to be Matzbia means to vote. Over here, they weren't voting, they were making a lottery of sort. What would they do? What would they put out? They would put one or two fingers out to be part of this lottery. And the thumb is not to be put out in the base of Mikdash, only one or two of standard fingers. Now, what would happen over here? All would stand in a circle. All Kaihanim would stick out either one or two fingers, and the Muna would pick a number much greater than the number of Kaihanim there, start with the Kayin, and count the fingers until he reached his number. That Kayin got to do Trumas Hadashen. Now, my there was a story. The two were running up the ramp together, and they were right next to each other. They were tied. And one person pushed his fellow, Venafal, and he fell off the Mizbech, Ragli, and he broke his leg. Since Bezin saw that there's a danger over here, they made it Takana that Trumas Hadeshkin is going to go only to the one that wins the lottery. They're not going to have this race anymore. Previously, the lottery was done only when two people tied in the race. Now they said, we're only going to have the lottery, no more races. And Ira Payasus Hayusham, there was actually four different lotteries that were done in the base of Mikdash every day. And this was the first lottery. And now the Gemara starts out with a question. Why didn't the Chachamim establish this lottery from the beginning. Why do they have this race? Why not just go right to the lottery? So Meikarsov, originally they used to think, since this is an Avaita done during the night, it's still done while it's dark outside. It's not really so important. And many people aren't going to come. They're still sleeping. Since they saw that many people started coming, and then it became dangerous. So they decided, you know what? We're not going to have a race anymore. We're just going to do this lottery. This is burning of the fats and the sacrificial parts of every car. That's done at night. That's done at the end of the day. And the Chum said that we should have a pious lottery. And it wasn't just up for grabs. And they didn't have a race in the beginning and then switched to lottery. So we answer no. That's the end of the day's Avaida. It's not really a nighttime Avaida. So the Gemara asks, This is also considered the first Avaida of the day. He says, If the Kayan washed his hands and feet for the Chumas Hadashin, tomorrow, meaning once it becomes daytime, answer she doesn't have to rewash his hands and feet because he already was Makadish them for the beginning of the Avaida meaning he was Makadish them already for Trumas Hadeshin so we see that Trumas Hadeshin is the first Avaida of the day the Gemara says no that's not necessarily a Raya because we can read that a different way that shows us that Trumas Hadeshin is not necessarily considered the first Avaida of the day and it's considered a nighttime Avaida Emo, let's say the way to read it is Shakvar Kidesh Mitchilo Le Avaida, that he was already Makadish them for Avaida, but Avaida that's done during the day, not specifically talking about Trumas Hadashan. So we don't really have a sufficient answer for our question. Ikadamri, some say, Mekar Savar originally they thought, Kivan the Ikad Ainus Shena, since a person has his Ainus Shena, he's sleeping, Loy Asu, so Kahanam aren't going to come because they're in the middle of sleeping. They have to get up early to come to Trumas Hadashan. No one's going to get up early. Kivan the Chazu da Asu, since they saw the Kahanam were coming, Vakasu Nami de Sakana, and actually became dangerous to 
So therefore the Chum said, you know what, let's just make a lottery. We continue asking from the end of the previous days of the sacrificial parts that are being put on the Mizbech, the Ika Oynes Shena. There's this Oynes Shena, the Kayan's tired at the end of a long day and he wants to go to sleep, but the Kinu Lerabana Payasa. And nonetheless, we still have a pious and they never had this race. So we answer, no, Shani Migna Mimekam. Going to sleep is different than waking up. Going to sleep, a Kayan's able to push himself a little bit and therefore it still was part of the regular Avaidah and that's why originally they established that it has to be with a lottery. However, waking up early in the morning, everyone knows, is very challenging. And that's why the Chum thought that people wouldn't come for the Savoida. You have to wake up early in the morning. No one's going to come. And then when they found that people started coming and it became dangerous, they said, let's just do it by way of lottery. But the Gemara continues asking, was it really a remedy for this side? Meaning, was the idea of the lottery really just to remedy the fact that the race was dangerous? It was really a takana for something else. The one that was Zaycha to do Chumas he was also Zaycha, he was able to arrange the wood on the fire on Mizbech, and he was also able to put these two blocks of wood on the fire. So it seems to be that the reason why there was a lottery is not to stop the race, but it's just to see which avoidance this person gets to do. So Amravashi answers, there was actually two levels, two shlavim of takanas. Originally they thought, the kind of going to come. Since they saw that not only were Kahanam coming, Vasu nowadays Sakana came to be dangerous, they decided, let's do it by way of lottery. But once they decided to do it by way of lottery, Kahanam stopped coming. Amria, Kahan told himself, Who says that I'm going to be able to win? When a Kahan knows that if he wakes up early and he really pushes himself and he gives it all that he's got, he might be able to make it to the top of the Mizbech before everyone else. So there was a real chance that he was going to be able to do Chumas Hadeshin. However, now that's just by way of lottery, he says, forget about it. Let me just sleep longer. So therefore, Hadar Takinulhu, they made another Takana, Misha Zachab Chumas Hadeshin. Whoever gets to do Chumas Hadeshin, he also gets to do these avodas. So everyone should come and be part of the lottery. Now we had said in the Mishnah, it was Machin Ruben when there was many, so they had this race, and whoever got to within the first four Amas, he won. And the Gemara analyzes this. Amar of Papa, It's obvious that we're not talking about whoever got to within the first four Amas on the ground within the bottom of the Mizbeach. Why not? Because Rutzen Island by Kavish Tanan, it says in our Mishnah that they ran up the ramp, which means that they actually had to be on the ramp. We're not talking about getting to within four Amis of the ramp while still on the ground. Kamai Sanamilai, we're also not talking about the first four Amis on the bottom of the ramp. Why? Because Rutzen Island by Kavish Tanan, it says that they ran up the ramp, and then Vahadur, it says, call Akaidim Eschaveri, whoever beat his friend to it, which means that clearly they're somewhat up the ramp. They're not at the bottom of the ramp. And the Baini Baini it's also not talking about reaching some sort of point in the middle of the ramp, because it's not clear where on the ramp they were supposed to reach. So it's clear to me, the we're obviously talking about the top of the Mizbech, whoever reaches the first four Amas at the top of the Mizbech, he wins. Papa, he asked the following question, these four Amas at the top of the Mizbech that they said, is that counting the Am of the Yusayv and the Am of the Yusayv? Perhaps it's not counting the Amad that you cited and the Amad the Saivev. Teku, we're going to leave that for El Navi. Now we know that the Mizbech was actually a number of blocks on top of each other, each one slightly smaller, slightly narrower than the one under it. That means that the top two Amis of the ramp were actually somewhat over the lower part of Mizbech, the Saivev and the Aside. And the question is, that two Amis, is that counted as part of within the first four Amis in the Mizbech, or is that already considered in the Mizbech? And it really means the first.
first kind to reach within six Amas at the top of the Zbech. And that's what the Gemara concludes with Teku. We're going to have to wait for El Yohanavi to come and answer that question. And the Mishnah said, shavim, hamuna And we have this whole lottery. Tana, we have a Brisa. by He told them, put out your fingers so we can count your fingers. Ask the Gemara of an Why don't we just count the Kahanim themselves? Why are we counting fingers? This is a Rive Rabbi Yitzchak. Then Rabbi Yitzchak, he says, Asur Yisrael. It is Asur to count Kla Yisrael. You are not allowed to count Jews. Even if it's for a mitzvah. We've said this previously. We don't count Jews. We count yarmulkes. We count backpacks. We count fingers. But we do not count people. The Chesivit says in the Pasuk, Bazak, and he counts them with broken pieces of pottery. This is talking about Shaul counting Kla Yisrael. And everyone put a broken piece of pottery into a pile. And the pottery was counted. So we see we don't count Kla Yisrael. We count pottery. Maskler Ravashi, he asks, We might the high bezek who, who says the word Bezek means broken pottery? Perhaps it was just the name of the city that they were counted in. The Chesivit says in the Pasuk, So we see that there's a person called Adani Bezek because he was from a place called Bezek. So who says they were actually counting pottery? Maybe they were actually counting people. We say, you're right, it's from the following place. It says in the Pasuk, And Shoal gathered the nation, and he counted them with lambs. Meaning, he counted lambs. One lamb represented a person. And Amrav Lazar, anyone that counts Kalei Yisrael, Ivor Balav, he's Ivor Alav. Shnei says in the pasuk, "Bahayim misbar bnei Yisrael kechol ayom." And the count of Klai Yisrael, the number of Klai Yisrael, is like the sand of the sea. Asher lo yimad, that is not able to be measured. Rav Nachman Yitzchak Amar, he says, "Ivor b'shnei lavin." He's over two lavin. Shnei says in the pasuk, "Lo yimad v'lo yisafer." It's not measured and it's not counted, so we see no count in Klai Yisrael. Amar of Shmuel bar Nachmani, Rabbi Yonason Rami, he asked the following steirim psukim. Ksivit says in one pasuk, "Bahayim misbar bnei Yisrael kechol ayom." The count of bnei Yisrael is like the sand of the sea, implying that you could count them. Uksiv and then the pasuk continues, Asher lo yimad v'lo yisafer, that's not able to be measured or counted. So are we able to count Klai Yisrael or not? So we answer, Loi kasha, no problem. Kam bezman she'israel oisin rutsani shalmakim. Kam bezman she'ein oisin rutsani shalmakim. One is where Klai Yisrael is doing the will of Hashem. One is where Klai Yisrael is not doing the will of Hashem. Rebbe Yom Rosham Abba Yesu Ben Dustai, he answers, Loi kasha, kam bide adam, kam bide shamayim. One is bide adam and one is from shamayim. And once we had mentioned Shal counting Klai Yisrael, so we continue talking about Shal. Amrav ni'loi bar idi amr shmuel, over Klai Yisrael, Miss Asher is going to become rich because Meikar Ksiv originally says in the pasuk Vayifkadem Bebazek he counted them with broken shards of pottery. Ulbasayf Ksiv and later on it says Vayifkadem Betlaim he counted them with lambs, implying that he gave each of them a lamb, which means he became very wealthy. As the Gemara Vadelma Meditu, perhaps everyone had to supply their own lamb for this count. Who says that Shol Hamel gave them this lamb? So we answer in Cain if so, Meyer Vusa Demosa. What's the Chiddush? Why does the pasuk have to tell us that he counted them with lambs? I could just say that he counted them. The fact is, it must be that he gave them the lamb to be counted with. It must be that he became wealthy. How we continue talking about Shalom Elch, it says in the Pasuk, Vayarev Banachal, and he fought in the Nachal. And we explain what does this mean. Amrav Mani al Iske Nachal, he fought about the Nachal, meaning, At the time that Shem said to Shaul, Go and strike Amalek, and you have to wipe out everyone, men, women, children, even the animals. Amar Shalom Elch said, When it comes to one person that died, and he's found outside a city, and we don't know which city is responsible for his death. Amr Taylor says, Hava Egla Rufa, bring in Egla Rufa, and we know the whole story of Egla Rufa is meant to atone for this one person that died. Maybe there's a Canaan of that city that's closest to that dead person, they're responsible for him dying. So Khan Fashis Lalu, all these people, Achas Kamakama, for sure I'm gonna be responsible for killing them. Vim Adam Khat, if you're gonna tell me that the people sinned, Behemamachata, what exactly do the animals do wrong? Avim Gidan 
Katanim Chatu, if you're going to say that the older people sinned, Katanim Achatu, what about the Katanim? Why did they sin? So we see that he had this fight with Hashem by Yarav Banachal. He argued using a Svara from Nachal, from Egla Rufa, which happens in a Nachal. But at this time, what happened? Yatza Baskol Baskol came out for and told Shalom Elch, Alti Tzadik Harbe, don't be so righteous. And a similar story that happened with Shalom Elch, Ubishash Amr Loi Shaul Daig, at the time the Shalom Elch told Daig Adami, Saivata, circle around, Upaig Bakahanim, and strike the Kahanim. This referring to when David Amelch was running away from Shaul and went to Noiv, a city of Kahanim, claimed that he was on a mission from the king. They gave him weapons and supplies. Daig then told this to Shaul, who viewed their having helped him as rebellion against him and ordered all of them to be killed. So Yatzabaskal Abaskal came out, but Amrulay and told him, Al Tershaharbe, don't be so wicked. And now the Gemara is going to compare and contrast Shaul to David Amelch. Amrav Huna, Kamalai Chali Veloy Margish Gavr Damari Saye. One whose master helps him, how confident and secure he could be that everything's going to be okay. What's this referring to? Shaul Ba'achas. Shaul sinned one sin, Va'asoloi, and it was used against him. David Bishtaim Vla'asoloi. David sinned twice and it wasn't used against him. Shaul Ba'achas Mahi. What's the case of Shaul? Ma'asid Agag. It's the story of Agag. He kept Agag Melech Amalek alive, and we know that he lost his Melucha because of that. Ask the Gemara. There was the story of Nevi Yarkan. We just mentioned that he wiped out the entire city. The Gemara answers Ma'asid Agag. If it's in regards to the story of Agag that Hashem said, I regret that I appointed Shaul as king. And David Bishtai Ma'ayin what's the case of David that he sinned twice and it wasn't used against him? One of them is Uriah, is that he had been with Bathsheba, which was Uriah's wife. He sent Uriah out to battle to be killed, and that was considered a sin that he sent Uriah out to be killed. And Ude Hasata, the case of Hasata, which is when he counted Klal Yisrael not using proper measures, and this brought about a great incitement in the form of a plague in which many died. So those are the two sins that David was not being held accountable for. Ask the Gemara, there's a whole story of Bathsheba that he was with her even though perhaps she was married. The Gemara answers, Hasim Ifrumine. Over there he was already punished for that. The Chesivit says in the Pasuk, and he shall pay four times for the sheep. So the meaning behind this Pasuk is that after David cohabited with Bathsheba, Nasan Navi approached him with a story. A rich man that had many sheep and goats lived near a poor man that had one little Shepsula who was the apple of his eye. The rich man once hosted the poor man and actually stole his sheep and served it him. So David was so angry at this injustice, he said that the rich man should die and he should have to pay four times that which he stole. So this was really just a muscle to David himself, that he's considered the rich man with many wives, but he took Uriah's one wife. So David Melch wasn't killed, but he was punished fourfold. Now what was his punishment? Yeled, the child that was born out of this union between him and Bathsheba died. Amlain, which was one of his children from a different wife, was killed. Tamar, who was a child from another wife, was violated by Amnon. And Vav Shalom, who was a child of his, also was killed. So we see that he was punished for the story of Bathsheba. The Gemara says, okay, if we're going down that line of thinking, so Hasam Nami, even in that case of counting Klal Yisrael, if Rumine, he was also punished for that. The Chesivit says in the Pasuk, Hashem dever bi Yisrael And Hashem struck Klal Yisrael with a plague from the morning all the way until the set time. So we see that he was punished for that also. So the Gemara answers, no, Hasam Lai from Yigufe. It wasn't exacted on his body. It was brought out on Klal Yisrael, but not on him himself. The Gemara asks, okay, so Hasam Nami, even in the case of the four children dying or something bad happening to them, Lai from Yigufe, it wasn't paid back from his body, meaning it wasn't exacted from him himself. It was something external to him. So the Gemara answers, La'ayi Ifrim Yigufe, he actually was punished himself. The Amrav Yehuda Amrav, Shisha Chadashim Nitzdara David, David Amelch actually had Saras for six months, Uparshim Menu Sanhedrin, the Sanhedrin left him, Vinistalke Menu Shechino, and the Shechino withdrew from him. The Chesivet says, Yeshuvu Li Yireyacha, David Amelch said, May they return to me, my feared ones, Viyayde Eid Vaisecha, and those that know your testimonies, referring to the Sanhedrin. Uksiv and David Amelch said another Pasik, Hashiva Li Susan Yishacha, return to me, the joy of your salvation, referring to the the Gemara continues asking, how can you say he only had two Averis? For Amar Rav, Kibo David Lashon Hara. David accepted Lashon Hara. Now it's famous that 
David had formed a pact with his dear friend Yonason, the son of Shaul HaMelech. So to honor this pact, David gave Mephibosheth, the one remaining son of Yonason, the entire state of Shaul HaMelech. However, later on, when David was running from Avshalom, Siva, the slave of Mephibosheth, told David that Mephibosheth didn't come help him because he was hoping that David would lose and that he would be appointed as king. David believed this and actually told Siva that he could have everything belong to Mephibosheth. So we see that David accepted Lashon Hara. So the Gemara answers, no, Kishmul, the Amr like will David Lashon Hara. The David didn't accept Lashon Hara because David actually saw signs that Siva was right. Once Avshalom's rebellion was over and David came back to Yerushalayim, Mephibosheth went to greet him looking all unkempt. David took it as a sign that he was disappointed that David was victorious. So in truth, Mephibosheth explained himself that he did so as a sign of support that he didn't shave or cut his hair the entire time David was fleeing. And the Gemara continues, L'Rav Nami, the Amr Kibol David Lashon Hara, even according to Rav, that David did accept Lashon Hara, Ha'ifrumine, it was exacted from him, meaning he was punished for that. The Amr Rav Yehuda Amr Rav, B'Shasha Amr David Mephibosheth, at the time that David told Mephibosheth, Amarti, I said, you and Siva shall split the field. This was after hearing Mephibosheth's side of the story. David still wasn't sure who was telling the truth and therefore commanded that Mephibosheth and Siva split the property. Yatzabaskel, Abaskel came out, Amrulay, and told him, Rechavim and Yeravim, they're going to split the kingdom. Rechavim was Shleim HaMelech's son. And because David HaMelech split the field between Mephibosheth and Siva, meaning he accepted Lashon Hara, he was paid back for that. And his grandson had to split the Melucha in between Rechavim and Yeravim, Melech Yehuda and Melech Israel. And now going back to discussing Shaul HaMelech, Ben Shana Shaul B'Molchai, the Pasuk says that Shaul HaMelech was ruling for a year. Now literally this Pasuk means that Shaul HaMelech was a year old when he was ruling. How do we understand this? Amr Avhun, he says, Ben Shana, he was like a one-year-old, Shaloi Tam Tamchet, that he never tasted sin, he was pure and free from sin. Maskev Rav Nachman Yitzchak, he asks, Ben Shana Maybe that means he was like a one-year-old, that he was dirty with mud and feces, that means he was full of sin. Now clearly Rav Nachman Yitzchak shouldn't have said this, because Achaviyu they showed Rav Nachman frightening angels in his dream. Obviously, he shouldn't have said this. Amar, so Rav Nachman said, I've spoken too much against you, the bones of Shal ben Kish. But Hadr he still saw these frightening angels in his dream. So Amar, he said, he added in the Melch Yisrael, he gave him the proper honor, so then he didn't see these frightening angels anymore. And Amar, why is it that the Machos Beishal Shaul didn't continue. Meaning, why is it that Shaul was the king? He was only king for two years and then he didn't go on to his kids. The Gemara answers, That's because he didn't have any daifi, which means a flaw in his ichos. Rashi explains, if he doesn't have any flaw in his ichos, that means all the kings that come after him, they're just going to be very haughty and we can't have kings like that. He says, We're not allowed to point a leader over the tzibur. Unless he has a box of creepy karalis behind him. Meaning, he has to have a whole bunch of baggage he has to have some sort of psul on his or something behind him that doesn't look so good. Because if he becomes arrogant, we could tell him, why don't you turn around and look what's behind you? You're not so special. Don't be so arrogant. We have to make sure that the king and the leader has to have some sort of daifi. And Amrav Yehuda Marav, why was Shal punished? Rashi explains, why was he punished that he got himself into a situation that he lost the kingship completely? Because he forgave his covet, meaning he didn't stand up for the honor of the king. Shinemar says in the Pasuk, and boorish men, Amru, said, How could this man really save us? Meaning, when Shaul Melch became king, they said, Really? He's going to save us? And they degraded him, and they didn't even bring him a present. And he was like a mute. He didn't say anything. Even though they were degrading him, he had just become the king. He didn't say anything. And that's no good. He has to stick up for a king's honor. Another passage says, Now this is referring to when Shaul actually gathered troops and fought the Hamani. After this, some of his loyal men said, who 
said, is Saul really going to lead us? Hand them over and we're going to kill them. They were sticking up for Saul's honor. But he said that today, no one is going to die. And he was held accountable for that because he really does have to protect the king's honor. We're going to stop here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.